Welcome to Coach House Talks. I was at the uh, Renew offices in Stockport in the town centre this week in a prayer meeting. And there's a painting on the wall of a butterfly emerging from its chrysalis, just in the various stages. It shows the progression from the point the caterpillar cocoons itself and then as it slowly emerges a time later, having undergone a complete transformation into a beautiful butterfly. Now, it will soon be spring and we will start to see the amazing colours of the butterflies as they attend our gardens in their brief but beautiful time on Earth. Well, I say brief. Most butterfly species only live for a couple of weeks at the most. Therefore, they go through all of this change in order to emerge just to mate and lay eggs and keep the species going. This process of change is called metamorphosis, which you won't be surprised to hear is a Greek word, which means transformation or change of shape. A butterfly has a complete metamorphosis. It looks completely different from when it started out. Now, we might look at each other and see change as we grow from a baby to adulthood, But essentially, we have the same features as each other from the moment we are born. Although some of us have more hair and more fingers. I was amazed all over again at the weekend as I saw Susanna, my granddaughter. Tiny feet and tiny hands, but perfect in every single way. A complete miniature I stated last week that Jesus loves us so much that he cannot simply leave us as he finds us. But what we are dealing with here is not a change in the way that we look, but a change in the internal, which affects our outward actions. We are found with the signature of sin all over us. We have a life which is habitual. We all have traits and actions that are derived from our sinful nature. I, for example, believe it or not, lose my temper. (laughs) I was particularly vexed with completely misleading instructions this week on a computer. And we all act in ways that we wish we didn't. And conversely, as Apostle Paul admits, we just don't do what we should. We are creatures of habit. And that habit is born from sin. We are born in sin and none of us can wriggle out from under the plain truth of Scripture. Romans 3 verse 23, a verse which everybody will know. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So that's all of us. There's no one admitted from that. It's complete and it covers everybody. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. But, and here's the good news, it continues. Verse 24, and yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. And how did Jesus did this? Well, it continues in verse 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. And people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Now, I can't stress this enough. Being transformed is an act of God's goodness towards us. You will have recently heard me say that God chose to act in compassion towards us. That's what we read in the Old Testament. He chose to act in compassion towards us. 
This was shown all the way through the Old Testament and was a precursor to the amazing sacrifice of Jesus sent on our behalf. And this is a message of hope that we carry. Yes, we are sinners, but God chose to act in mercy and compassion towards us and gave the opportunity to have our punishment transferred onto Jesus. God's accepted and righteous sacrifice for all sin. The sign of this acceptance is the Holy Spirit residing within us. And this is immediate and for a reason. So I'll return to the scripture that I quoted last week. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 22. He, that's God, has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first instalment that guarantees everything that he has promised us. So let me make this clear. Everyone who accepts the sacrifice of Jesus, asks for forgiveness and salvation, anyone who realises their need of rescue and who falls on the provision of God, calling on the name of Jesus, will be saved. We receive the Holy Spirit as the first instalment, a guarantee of God's compassion. And if you die like the thief on the cross, Jesus will not deny you. When I buy a car, and you know that I like my cars, I have to order it and pay a deposit. I then live with the excitement of when I walk into the showroom to take possession of it. I haven't got it yet, but I'm excited because I own it. I've laid down a deposit. It's always been mine, but when I walk into that showroom, I can now sit in it and drive it and know that it's mine. I want to make this point because it helps to clear the misunderstanding we can have about our salvation coming from works or behaviour. Our works and our behaviour are the outworking of our acceptance of Jesus. The Holy Spirit begins to challenge and shape us so that we reflect Jesus and therefore God's values and his identity. We are being transformed. We as Christians undergo a metamorphosis. Sometimes it's slower in some than others. Nevertheless, we are being transformed. I was talking last week to people about the joy that it is of speaking with and knowing folks who have loved Jesus for a long time. There's something about their stature, their wisdom, their assurance, that they positively shine with a love that is hard to comprehend. And I think that sometimes we want shortcuts to this. We want to bask in the presence of God with good worship and large gatherings, all of which can be beneficial. But we should want there to be a real transformation, not just an external reflection due to proximity with others. We have to change. We cannot take on the shine and the luster for somebody else. You see, we get light from the moon at night, but we should not be fooled into thinking that the moon is the real light. It's just a reflection of the sun, which we know not only gives us light, but also heat, which the moon does not. They're very different entities. Someone who is truly saved is very different from someone who pretends to be. The law in the Old Testament provided for an atonement to cover the sins of the people. Now, the word atonement literally translates as covering, And it's first used in the Bible to describe the pitch on the roof of Noah's Ark. 
a covering and a protection from the waters from above. Therefore, in the Old Testament, there is provision for covering the sins of the people. But it wasn't capable of changing them. It did not free them from the bondages of sin because the sacrificial system was only a representation of what was to come. The law set a standard, but it did not transform. It held the pattern of behaviour required to please God, but could not bring man fully into God's presence. 2 Corinthians 3 verses 7 to 8. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Now, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? Moses came into such close position with God as he received instruction and the law that his face shone with the glory of God and had to be veiled in order for the rest of the people to be shielded from the glory of the Lord, which brings death. But note something. This glory was already fading. It was a reflection, not a permanent change. But 2 Corinthians 3, which is such an exciting passage, continues with this in verse 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I was blind, but now I see. Now, if you read 2 Corinthians 3, carry on into chapter 4 and be encouraged by our transformation. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We accept the transforming power of Jesus that through the work of the Holy Spirit, we can be changed into his likeness. Now, here is something that most of us recognise that should give us hope and confidence that we are being transformed by the Spirit. Once upon a time, I acted in sin. My character was completely given over to wrongdoing and rejection of God's love and standards. And I knew no different. I never gave a second thought to my behaviour or how it affected those around me. I had no conscience with regard to sin. Now, I was pretty moral, but only if I compare myself to others who I regarded as bad. But when Jesus got a hold of me at 17, the first thing I realised was that although my behaviour did not change instantly, it didn't change overnight, but something did. When I did something wrong, when I acted in the old nature, I now felt a pang of guilt or sorrow for doing so. I now had a conscience that was beyond beyond my comprehension or my understanding. I'd not read about it. I'd not had it explained to me. It just was. What I also realised is that the people at church I suddenly 
what, what I realised is that the people at church I suddenly could associate with in a different way. I knew I was the same. I didn't have to try and act to be like them. The change that Jesus promised was already at work in my life. Not completed, but at least started. Therefore, I can stay as the Apostle Paul does in Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let me just repeat that. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Note that we learn to know God's will. The change in me and the change in any believer is that the law is now written on our hearts. The Holy Spirit helps us to be a living sacrifice. We take up the challenge to become different by transforming, changing, renewing our thinking. The most harmful threat to any effective church is a church full of people who show no change from the world from which we've been rescued. If Jesus loves us so much that he can't leave us as he found us, then we have to accept that the church must look for transformation of our lives as evidence that Jesus is working in us. Now the coach house holds that we believe that Jesus has the power, the desire and the love to transform us. We have been given a new identity, which I'll cover in a few weeks' time as part of our Minding the Gap series. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 reminds us, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Not beginning, but has begun. The old life has gone and the new life has begun. And my behaviour our behaviour should reflect our new identity. So let's read this slowly together from Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia. In Galatians 4, verses 4 to 7. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So we give glory to God by our transformed lives. Don't let Satan rob you of the truth that is in you. You are being transformed, but you are saved when you call on the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and at www.coachhousechurch.org.